millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, I'm just a little British boy. Oh, in World War II, I've got to live with my grandpa. Oh, good day there, grandpa. Oh, there's a go out there and cricket. Oh, I sure am learning so many great lessons from you, Grandpa. Oh, the technology damn smart, angry. Oh, you know one thing I do love, sir, is playing my cricket. Can you show me how to do the googly? little rat dark horse of the family, I'd say. You God save the queen. Oh, you do remind me of Colonel Sanders, Grandpa. Oh, what the... What the hell? What the bloody hell is that supposed to mean, you fat piece of shit? Anyway, I'm going to go drop a bomb in the lake so I can go fishing, innit? That sounds like an effective fishing strategy. Oh, don't be killing all the fish. Oh, well, hello and welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. <coughs> Sorry, I had something in my throat there. To Oldie But A Goodie, and that was a joke stolen from the Princess Bride from last week. Oh, yeah, that's right. The guy has a voice and yeah. then goes, oh, sorry, I had something in my throat. We're all about stealing jokes here on the show, but also talking about movies. It's the British way. I mean, they steal other things from other people and cultures, but I don't know about jokes. Hmm? I'd say jokes are like precious artefacts and they belong to each culture. <laughs> And David Mitchell is is the Indiana Jones of those artifacts <laughs> in that he just steals them. He goes wow. around stealing them. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, boop, no, boop. he's great. Why am I going after David Mitchell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I think starting beef with him is only a nat benefit. A good point. Uh, anyway, we're talking about movies from the year 1987. And my name is Sandro and your name is Zach. That's really all you need to know, really, going into this episode. It's just that. That's all the exposition you need. Yeah. Shall we get on with it, chaps? Well, what are we reviewing, Colonel Sanders' grandpa? (laughs) Well, that's me, Colonel Sanders, here to tell you about today's movie, Hope and Glory. A glorious British movie about a glorious British boy. (laughs) Is there anything wrong with that statement, sir? I mean, I feel like the movie's pretty anti-glorious, you know? The movie's all about about regular life. I don't know if it's a glorious war movie. That is a a fair point. Ah, but it's it's entirely Britain that is glorious, you see. That's what I mean by that. Like, the entirety of Britain just witnessing its majesty second by second during this movie is a glory unto behold. It is a glorious country yes and war am i right guys what is it good for um it's good for fishing 
Um, it's good for cancelling schools. It's good for cancelling schools. It's good for um, teaching young boys that grow up to be directors lessons so they can then make a movie about their childhood. Mm, win like seven Oscars, or at least get nominated for them. Yeah, I don't think it won any Oscars, actually. Uh, but we'll get to that later. What did, what, what did you think of Hope and Glory? Um, well, I went with the, I went, I went in with a fresh mind, uh, a, a tomatoey fresh mind because what? I saw it had a ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure what to expect from this movie. I didn't, I didn't look anything up from it. I was just like, oh, it's a war movie. All right, let's see. And mm. then going into it, I'm like, oh, it's like the other side of war. It's the growing up in a war sort of story. Yeah. And, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. It was an entertaining, it was an entertaining, what was it, nearly two hours? Yeah, like an hour fifty. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was a good time. It was good. I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed the cute little story. I felt it, it almost ended abruptly, even though it was so long. It, it, um... Yeah. Felt like it could have kept going for another, yeah, I don't know, like two hour. years worth of, of story. Yeah, could have just yeah. kept that. I, I really wish it had, it had wrapped up with an extra 20 minutes. Yeah. Gave it that 20 minutes to have like a like a big ending or something. I don't know. And now that goes to show, I think, how good uh, we both think this movie is. Because usually mm. we get a movie, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. And we're like, this is too long cut half an hour out of this yeah. thing whereas this yeah. movie it's already two hours and we're going could have been longer yeah honestly it could have been longer it felt it felt you know i was enjoying the little life seeing the trials and tripes i liked each of the different people mm-hmm. um one of them i think more the the acting or maybe the director not knowing how to direct a teenager was a little iffy at moments but for the most part, I thought every character was great. But yeah, that teenage uh, sister had a couple moments where I was like, I don't know if she's really selling this performance. Oh, right. Yeah, no, she definitely she definitely had lines where I was like, ooh, that could have been delivered a bit better. I think maybe the director just doesn't understand teenage girls. <laughs> the, the only part that I really stood out to me was when she went outside. Yep. Yep. When the bombs were, and that line was delivered like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Like, that scene had a really good idea, and then just executed very poorly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was weird. That being said, it's like an autobiography, right? So it all happened. Pretty much, yeah. It's the same as that, that French movie that we had an option for last week, which was also... Mm a biographical World War II movie. So we could have done a bonus battle on both of them, but I also feel like doing a bonus battle on uh, real-life war films is disrespectful. So I, I'm glad we didn't mm, do that. That's true, that's true. Wait, whose life story is better? <laughs> whose life story is the worst? Is it the French person who harboured Jews, or is it the British kid who just kind of grew up? <laughs> yeah. Which story's better? Hey, <laughs> you stupid British child. What were you doing? Playing with lead toys? Fuck <laughs> you. idiot. No. <laughs> you idiot. No. It was no, good. No. It was good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I wasn't expecting much. Uh, and it was a cute story. I liked the things, as we said, could have gone longer. Yeah. And that's not something we usually say about movies. Uh, before we jump uh, right into the uh, credits for the movie, though, we should, of course, mention that up on our Patreon on Wednesday is the grand finale of our Evil Dead series. Mmm, and what a grand finale it was. It was pretty grand. We had a we had a, a, a special guest. Ooh. 
a, a special friend of the show, Ooh. Scorn Daddy. Oh, don't know if he likes being called that, but we did indeed get Scorn Daddy. He doesn't have to like it. That's just what he's being called today. Uh, yeah, for the Evil Dead re... I think we all agreed it was a reboot. But yeah, that is up on our Patreon right now for uh, the tiers upwards of $5. You get two bonus episodes a month. Well, two plus. I mean... You, we were going to put out a Dune review this month, but it's not out in Australia until December. So that's uh, super annoying. Yep. But, Zach, what were the other options I could have picked this week? Well, Sandra, you see, the options were inferior because they weren't as British. But I'll, I will go through them just to humour you. We have a barfly. A biopic about a poet's alter ego who goes out drinking. Mm. A respectable pastime. Uh, Hello, Mary Lou. Prom night two. It rhymes. Why isn't it the other way around? Hmm? Prom night two, hello, Mary Lou. Ah, prom night two, hello, Mary Lou. Yes. A fantastic name for a probably mediocre movie. Probably. Weeds. A prison inmate writes a play that's a reporter thinks is pretty good. It's nothing to do with the TV show. Great. The Wales of August. Ah, British. Ah, yes. Now this sounds like a proper movie. Two elderly sisters go to their summer home and revisit sad... Oh, that sounds... that sounds great. Definitely sounds British, though. Yes, it does sound British, which makes it superior to all the other options except for one. This one. The one that we did. I mean, the the original Prom Night is... uh, It's not a horror classic, but it's a horror that I want to watch because it's got Leslie Nielsen and Jamie Lee Curtis in it. But Mm. the sequel... No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror sequels are a bit swinger or miss. Usually not very good, unless they're e- the Evil Dead trilogy. <laughs> yes, and then they only improve on the matter. But Hope and Glory, all right, it was released for a limited run in New York on uh, October 16th. A New York! New York! I'm a walking here! That was a real uh, twist on expectations. Yeah, you didn't expect that no, one. No, no, no. <laughs> I did British New I'm York. shook it. Which sounded terrible, to be honest. I'm walking here! That's more of a wizard. <laughs> yeah. I am walking here! <laughs> it is I, the wizard! <laughs> it is the wizard! I'm from New York! <laughs> New York? No, it doesn't work. Oh, yeah, I think trying to mesh accents when we can barely do the accents to begin with is a terrible idea. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty bad, yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, so, yeah, it premiered in New York uh, October 16th, but it also had, like, a, a screening at a festival, I think, the week before, uh, somewhere in America. And then, uh, surprisingly enough, it was released in the UK and in Australia a month earlier in September. Yeah. Which is weird that a film opens in Australia before it opens in America. Yeah, that is... It's usually the other way around, mm. like with, I don't know, June. <laughs> um, Got him. Bang, shots fired. Not salty at all. Boop-boop. But also, wait, did it open in Britain? So it opened in Britain and Australia, like, same time oh, in September. You know what it is? It's because we're the colonies, right? So we were allowed to... We were allowed to witness the British masterpiece that was this movie, only because we still have the Queen on our dollar, unlike that dreadful country over the other side of the world. The only queen they've got is Kim Kardashian. (laughs) 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 The only queen. (laughs) 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 
Yep. Don't you dare say that rubbish ever again, I swear to God, comparing the Queen to Kim Kardashian. Oh. That was... I would I would genuinely love to see a short film where Kim Kardashian has to put on a Queen accent. That'd be very funny. <laughs> that would be very funny. There was a moment in the movie where I was like, is this film going to Australia? But then that never happened. Mm. But Australia does get kind of name-dropped yeah. pretty heavily for a little bit. Shout out to my boys, Australia! Woo-woo! <laughs> But as we mentioned, it is written, directed, and produced by John Borman, based off his experiences growing up in wartime London. Mm. I don't know if he is the voiceover. I feel like he was. Because oh. there's a voiceover at the start and the end. That could have been him. I really should look that up. And maybe I will right now. That's a good good time to research, I think, during the podcast. Yeah. Like, as we're talking about it, going like, hmm... Perhaps I should have Googled this for the podcast. Let me plug it in. Let me uh, Google this up. Get the facts for you. Let Zach do all the speaking for like a minute and a half while you're figuring this one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him having to just come up with anything to say continuously so that the podcast doesn't get a break or anything. I'm so glad we had this time together. <laughs> Here it is. According to Fandango, John Borman was the narrator. So hey! he did narrate it. There we go. So you're right. I thought so. There you go. Um, He's done heaps and heaps of other movies. Very famous British director. He did the classic 60s uh, war film, I think. Uh, Point Blank. Mm. A classic in the 70s. Deliverance, which was his first outing with the Oscars. Getting nominated for a bunch of those. Mm. Uh, he also directed an adventure movie called The Emerald Forest, which I think I saw on S SBS when Ooh, I was nine. That sounds cool. He did an epic fantasy film called Escalabur. Ah, yes. I've heard of the Escalabur. Good film. And then he also did the very weird and probably bad, but I still kind of want to watch it, Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Ah, yes. Speaking of horror sequels, am I right? Well, Exorcist 3 is really good, mm. but Exorcist 2 is like the girl who was possessed goes to an asylum classic where she's going to get over the fact that she was possessed. But then weird, like, David Lynch art house stuff starts happening to her. Oh, that's weird. Apparently it's awful, but I really want to watch it. I want to watch I want to watch the first one. Oh, it's good. I don't think I've seen it. And I, I, know, I know a lot of facts about it, how, like, they got in, like, a real priest or whatever. They did it really well. Is there a movie curse on that film? I think there is, right? There was a bunch of stuff while they were yeah. filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a whole bunch of things, like, oh... All the spooky stuff happened while we were recording something to do with demons. <gasps> what the heckaroony? Yeah. Uh, for the cast, you've got Sebastian Rice Edwards playing our main character, Billy Rowan. He was pretty good. Yeah. He was like 10 or 11 while filming this. So, uh, yeah. yeah, good stuff. They they did the, um, the proper thing of just not having the main character talk a lot. Um, so mostly all the things he said was just like rude things that he was upset about. You know, he complained. I mean, he's the main character, but the movie's happening around him. Yeah. So he is the main character, but he's not really too much of a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, what, how else would you describe a main character apart from we're following them throughout the entire movie? Oh, you know? oh, so many things. So many things. Like, uh, yeah. a symbol of hope. What? Or a wizard. 
I mean, for like all movies ever. Are you saying all movies ever? Oh, you, you mean just the general idea of a main character? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah just the general idea, not this one. I don't. I'm not. Are you saying we should put a wizard in every movie? Yes, there should be. I agree. That would definitely improve things. That would improve a lot of things. And they're all played by the guy that does Dumbledore, the Goblet of Fire, Dumbledore, the bad Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's played by bad Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. It's, it's um a biopic about the queen or whatever, and she's like, now what shall I do? I shall go to my advisor, <laughs> Dumbledore. Hello, queen. <laughs> Did you put the fire? Did you put the fire, queen? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I I didn't. In the books, you said it calmly. Why are you yelling this? <laughs> the sorcerer's apprentice, but it's the queen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the guy that plays our main character, he's only in two films, and that's this film and the sequel, where they used archival footage from the first film. He hasn't done anything else. Oh. He did direct a short film called Friday in, like, 2012, though, but that's all he's done. Interesting. Geraldine Moore plays the youngest sister, Sue who, once again, is only in one other movie, tiny role in a film called Diamond's Edge, where she plays a granddaughter. Huh. She was all right. She was really good. She didn't She didn't really have much to do in this film, so she was just kind of there. But yeah, the oldest sister, the teenage sister, whose name is Dawn, uh, is played by Sammy Davis, whose other notable movie is, like, this segment, in a film called Four Rooms, which is, like, four short stories based off the works of Roald Dahl, and I think it's directed by, like, Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, Alison Anders, and she's in one of those shorts. That's the only uh, mm. big other thing that she's done. Yeah, I I think it's the director not understanding how to direct a teenage girl, because there's moments where it's like, I feel like on paper this should work. Yeah. Like, the moments where she gets really angry, but it just, it feels fake. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was fine for the most part. Mm. It was only really, like, certain scenes where it was, like, where she ran outside and said, see, look, everything's fine. And I was like, what? That was what? not done very well. No. But, like, for the rest of the film, like, when she's getting angry, I thought that was fine. There was one moment, I think, where she bursts inside, checks to see if her family is there, and then starts crying. And I was like, that's something that a teenager would do. Mm. But, like... In the context of the movie, she is upset. So I don't know why they put that detail in there. It was just like a weird... Mm. There was just some weird stuff with her character. Um, I don't know. I, I just put that down to, uh, you know, emotions flying around. We've got, playing the mum, whose name is Grace, Sarah Miles, who got a nomination for Best Actress at the Oscars uh, for an epic romance movie called Ryan's Daughter in the 70s. Uh, the dad's played by David Heyman, who was the lead in a crime TV show called Trial and Retribution. Very British name. Yep, he was good. And then playing Uncle Mac is Derek O'Connor, who works a lot with Monty Python's Terry Gilliam. He was also quite good. He reminded me of Frankenstein. How? I don't know. He had that look where, because he's quite tall and he has like a bowl cut. <laughs> That's what I thought of when I when I was watching the film. When they did close-ups on him, I'm like, that could be a Frank. He'd he'd be good as Frankenstein. I feel. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah? But I'm sure that the cast member you're looking forward to to find yeah. more information out is the Gramps. Grandpa, the best character in the whole film. Grandfather George is played by Ian Bannon, who was in Braveheart. Whoa, yeah. Was in Flight of the Phoenix as well, which is apparently who did, good. Who did he play in, in, in Braveheart? I think he's one of the elders. Right, okay. So he's not in it much, but he is in it. I haven't, I haven't seen it in a while, so I, I, I can't remember. What a great grandfather he is. He is he's so gross. <laughs> he's, he's just this crazy old grumpy man. <laughs> I, 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 he's what I imagine people say when they have a grumpy old grandpa. That's him. Like, I don't have a grumpy old grandpa. My, uh, you know, my grandfather's the opposite of grumpy. Mm. But, like... When people say grumpy old, this is this is what they mean. He's really good. He got like a lifetime award, I think, in the nineties, just for his overall acting career. Ah, oh, very nice. That's very good. Now, this film has got ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Very, very, very high audience score is eighty two, seven point three on IMDb. As we mentioned, it was nominated for heaps of stuff at the Oscars, uh, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay. Uh, it didn't win any, ah. but it was nominated for a lot of it. It was also nominated for pretty much everything at the BAFTAs, and it did win a few of those, which is like the British Oscars. So, oh, that's good. Got a bunch of stuff. Uh, in terms of how much it cost, it cost about five and a half million pounds, which is like nine, nine mil? Yeah. Maybe 9.5 mil? Relatively cheap. They did, however, go a little bit, uh, not necessarily overboard, but they really committed to... The street. Yes. And completely recreated the street that the director wow. grew up in. Wow. It was like a 40-acre set. This massive set. Wow. How did how did they make it so cheap, actually? I was expecting it to be a lot more expensive. I was expecting it to be 10 million at least. Because, like, yeah, they had to recreate the whole street and then bomb it. And then, like... <laughs> destroy it. Destroy it. it. Yeah. Light it on fire. Do all these things, you know? Yeah. That that one scene... That one scene where they panned through was very clever. I liked that. Where they sort of panned through and you see people going about their days. You see the soldiers. You see the postmen going to this wrecked post box. Yeah. You see the kids going through the rubble. Like, that shot of London was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. That was good. Mm. I guess, like, aside from that, what, they hired a blimp? No, you, you don't ever actually see the blimp. It's just a fake balloon blimp. Yeah, they don't actually get a real blimp. And there's a couple planes. Yeah, they got some planes and stuff. But you could hire those for $1,000 or something. I don't know, you uh, for a day of filming something. Mm. You could hire them. You don't need to... They didn't actually crash any or or shoot down any of those planes. So there wasn't there wasn't much other than that to spend on, I guess. Just sets. I guess. But yeah, about nine million. Mm. Um how much do you think it made? Hmm. Well it won a lot of Oscars nominations. Yes. So got a got a lot of those. Yes. So I'm gonna say like a hundred eleven. Hundred and eleven million? One one one. Okay, well, I've split this up into two. So we've got how Ooh. much it made in the UK, which is just under a million pounds. So that's about, what, 1.8 million US, I think, something like that. Yep. I, I should probably compensate for the time difference. I'm going to I'm gonna reverse down to 60 mil. 60 mil. Yep. Well, in the US, I couldn't find any number that I trusted, but the number that I did find was 10 million. Okay. 
Either way, I overmastered it by a lot. <laughs> All right, there's three taglines. Three taglines, you say? Well, we'll be judging these taglines by how British they are, I feel. I'm going to do it in this voice. Oh, no, no, wizard. There we go. <laughs> oh, no. A story of ordinary people in extraordinary times. Yeah, not wrong. Not There's wrong. two exclamation marks at the end of that, apparently. Mm, why? Okay, the exclamation marks make that worse. This is according to IMDb, so chances are there aren't two that... exclamation marks. Ah, okay. <laughs> that makes it better. Mm. But also bad. It, it's certainly less misleading than other taglines. So I'll give this... Good one. It's all right. That's a, that's a good one. The second one is the epic story of a world at war and a boy at play. Okay, I'm going to give the first one a half-filled cup of tea. Then I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give this one a crumpet. <laughs> crumpet. Mm. Is that better or worse than tea? It's worse than tea, but it's only half a cup of tea for the first one, where I give this one a full crumpet. A full, oh, a full crumpet. Oh my, how yes. generous of you. Yes, Ooh. a little bit too generous, I think, but, but we'll go with it. Uh, and then your third and final tagline is, War is hell, but occasionally it's kind of nifty. Oh, no. <laughs> and I give this one a big old British box of shit. <laughs> Wait, what, what makes the box oh, shit, British? It's got a picture of the Queen on it. Ah! <laughs> that last time. What? Good. Boy, it is nifty, this war thing, eh? Loads of people died. Ha ha. It opens with a big band. Dum, 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 dum. And some horns. And some saxophone. Very classic 20s. Roaring <laughs> 20s music. Even though it's set in the 30s, but still, yeah, it would have been quite popular then as well. We get we we get the the picture that comes back slightly later on in the film. Mm. It's the one that survives the house burning. It's a picture of the whole family, and then on screen it flashes the crisis. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a it's a a news war video. Yeah, where it warns you about the war effort and all that. It's like, kids, you got to prepare for the war. It's coming. And I, uh, yeah, it's playing in a movie theatre and we see our main character, Billy, is there with a bunch of other kids. And they're all just throwing popcorn around, not even paying attention to this thing. This was the worst theatre I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty bad. This is my theatre hell. It, it was just, it was just an audience entirely kids and not a single one of them was paying attention to the movie they were all screaming running around throwing crap everywhere it it, it was madness this that was my movie nightmare that was my movie nightmare but as soon as the movie started they all paid attention i think that's okay yeah. i think that's okay i'd be in hell for the trailers and then fine when the movie starts yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, no, but it just, it, it, uh, I I was genuinely scared mm. of this. I was like, this is my nightmare. Oh, God, get me out. Get me out. And then and then the cowboys come on screen and they're all like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to calm down now because there's cowboys on screen. Yep. Oh. Yep. I wrote down the air raid siren plus the kids screaming oh. is the sound I hear in my nightmares. That is, that is a... 
pretty bad sound. Are yeah. they screaming because of the air raid or are they screaming because they're kids? You know, you never quite know. That's the question. Um, they're screaming because they're the spawn of Satan. Oh, they're all demon babies. <laughs> yes. Well, at least in my nightmares. We get a voiceover that's like, Ah, childhood. On the brink of war. Did innocence lost but gained? Mm. <laughs> Direct quote. Yeah, no, he's, it's like, this is this is what it was like before the war. Yeah. As kids, we were like, there's no war, it hasn't happened yet, we didn't care. And then I think they hear over the radio that, yeah, war is brewing. The whole family's gathered around the radio and they're talking mm. about wars brewing. And I think it's the mum who's like, oh, they've gone and bloody started a war again. Ah, oh, no. No. Those rascals. There's a lot of great quotes right up top because you've got the uh, the teenage sister running around and she's like, they've started a war. Oh, it's not my fault. Where's my sockings? Where's my yeah, stockings? Yeah, she's just trying to find her stockings and they're like, shut up. They started a war. She's like, it's not my fault. <laughs> I like I liked that. That was good. That was good. And then also um, the voiceover is like, and on that day... We went outside and everyone was asking, oh, fancy starting a war on such a beautiful day. Mm, yeah, I liked in this scene, uh, you have the kid, he's playing in the garden. I, I very much like the narration over him playing with his toys. Yeah. There was a little little thing where it was like, I rode my horse into the magical forest and there I encountered a wizard. <laughs> but it's all cut short by all the lawnmowers yeah. cutting off. And that's that's the bit when the war really started, was when the lawnmowers were turned off. And the know? lawnmowers were turned off and people paid attention to the radio for like a second. Yeah, yeah. I liked as well how the mum was like, they've gone and started a war again. Because like, you know, like World War One was yeah. in her lifetime, so. But this time, you know, they have planes and vehicles and everything. You know, they've got they've got more big gold toys to play with. Speaking of toys, I loved as well how Billy falls asleep listening to war stories on the radio and then imagines himself in these, like, black and white old war movies, but he's just walking around a battlefield with dead people everywhere in his pajamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see his, like, his uncle and dad are dead, and he's like, No! Wake up, daddy! No! Because he's worried his dad and uncle are going to be uh, sent off yeah. to fight. And I, I liked it as well how he's imagining the war like it's World War One, Because mm. that's all that he'd know from, like, the media, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what he would have seen yeah. on in, in the pictures <laughs> and on the radio waves. That's what he would have heard of. And then, uh, well, his, his fears are justified because mm. his dad signs up for the war. Oh, no. What a scene this is as well. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I don't know why this was a scene in the movie. It was, it was very slapstick. Yeah. He signs up and then he's, like, talking with a guy. As he hops back in the car, they're, like, laughing and jiving with each other. The guy opens the door to say goodbye, and then the dad closes the door, or does he close the door? Think... Someone closes the door, yeah. and, he, and he gets the guy's hands stuck in the door, so they, <laughs> as they drive off, the guy's hands stu- stuck on in the door. Stuck in the door. He doesn't look like I hated the way the guy reacted. Yeah. Because it's not like uh, how a human would react, I feel. He, like, waves frantically. 
which the dad misinterprets as him waving goodbye frantically, Mm. not, hey, I've got my hand stuck in the door. And so as they drive off, the guy runs with them and he's like, oh, what a scamp. He's running with us. Ah, what a what a funny fella. Then it just keeps going. It's like 40 seconds of the dad being like, you can stop now. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so stupid. Because the guy, he just keeps frantically waving. Yeah. Instead of, I don't know, banging on the glass, which is what any sensible human being would do. But I guess it's, it's for the movie. He's, you know. Yeah. I feel like the movie needed to do a little bit of heavy lifting up top to make you think that it is a comedy, because technically this is a coming-of-age comedy. Is it a comedy? That's what it was marketed as, at least. Oh, I see. So they were trying to be a bit more comedic. Just up top, yeah. I think they were like, we'll include the, like, where's my stockings line, we'll have the dad's friend, just to really get the audience on the side of this is something to be laughed at. Which, fair enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I was ever laughing during this film. I was enjoying parts of this film, though. There's moments where, like, the childlike innocence comes through, where they're like, oh, I love the wars happening and all this sort of stuff that I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I don't know, thank you, Adolf. <laughs> yeah, or that. Yeah, 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 because the, ch- the children don't, you know, they don't understand. No. I like that. Yeah, yeah. There were bits where I did laugh, actually. But it was mostly, for the most of the film, it was just like, oh, this is a... It was an upbeat scene. And I feel like it's an upbeat movie rather than a comedy movie. It's more of an upbeat movie with comedy elements. Uh, Some good father-son stuff here as well, where the dad, uh, the day before I think he goes off to, to train... For the army, he teaches his son the secrets of the googly. The googly? The googly. Well, Sandro, what is this googly you speak of? Well, in the game of cricket, a googly refers Mm. to a type of delivery bowled by a right-arm leg-spin bowler. Mm. You do go on. The googly is a variation of a typical leg-spin type of delivery where you're meant to throw the other person off by making them think you're doing one move where you're actually doing another. Ha-ha! A bamboozle of a bamboozle. La- Almost like a lie, you could say. It is a bit like a lie. Speaking of lying, googly is very similar to the word Google. Ha-ha! It is! What a keen observation, Sandro! Is that all you had to add to this? Yes, indeed. That sounds about right. This is the weirdest running joke I think we've done all year, and we did Daddy for all of Hellraiser. <laughs> no, that was definitely worse. <laughs> no, 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 I like the little googly thing where it's uh, you bamboozle your opponent, but the opponent can pick up on it. So there's this like back and forth. There's, yeah. Is he doing a googly? So he teaches his son, and then the son's like, "Oh, that's like fibbing," and he's like, "Yep, but you've got to." recognize when other players are doing it mm. but you have to do it without them recognizing you you know and he's like that's that's how a googly works that's clever it's clever it's also called a googly it, googly it's a funny british name googly also cricket googly cricket's a very boring game whoa <laughs> whoa you're not allowed to say that i know the british people love cricket we love it here as well in australia every time it's christmas we're just out there playing cricket oh, yeah. apparently but you're not a fan i like playing it but like watching it there's that whole scene where the grandpa and and billy are playing cricket for like two minutes and if it wasn't the oh. grandpa like if he wasn't there i would be like this is boring you know what 
10 years ago, I would have absolutely agreed because I did not enjoy cricket at all. Mm. But nowadays, I'm finding this entertaining. Wow. I know. I felt horrified. I'm like, I've aged. I've become withered. Because, like, I didn't need to continuously watch it. Mm. I didn't need to do anything. They were just doing their thing. They were standing. There was a lot of standing around doing nothing. But while you're doing that, you could go out, do something, come back. Sure. Just check the scores, see how it's going, watch a bit of the cricket, do something else. You know, I was like, wait, this is great. Oh, no. Why do I like sports now? So I'd say cricket gets gets a bad rap. I think it's quite fun to play. I've played quite a bit of cricket. I found found I liked watching it more. Well... Playing uh, in infield and outfield, it's boring as hell. Well, my wholesome grandfather would appreciate that. You can both just sit on the couch during Chrissy and watch some cricket. Oh, yes. No, that's a proper way to spend an <laughs> afternoon watching a bit of cricket. Yeah. That being said, I'm not watching any cricket. No. I, I'm not going out, but... I'd rather watch Prom Night 2. Hello, Mary Lou. Mm. <laughs> I think I'd prefer the cricket. Uh, the dad goes off to war, and everyone's saying their goodbye. Mm. Uh, but the son, Billy, he doesn't say goodbye. He, in fact, ignores the dad. Until the dad is down the street, and then he throws the base, the baseball, the cricket ball, at the dad. The dad catches it. <laughs> Definitely a cricket ball. And then the dad throws it back. Hey. I thought he wasn't going to do it for a moment. And they say goodbye in yeah, a very manly British way. Yep. I like I liked them walking off because all the British men swung their arm at the same time. Oh yeah. They they looked like they were already soldiers. Hmm. Soldiers of the office, now going to actual war. Sure. This next plot point doesn't really matter, but we're going to mention it because it involves Australia. Yeah, so they they have an aunt in Australia Mm. who lives in Australia, and she offers to take the children. So the mum goes to send them off, but in the end decides not to. And she has a big panic attack at the station, like, don't send my babies away! She has no. a panic attack, and Billy's reaction is the best. He's like, Mom, stop it! This is so cringy. You're embarrassing me in front of all these kids. Oh my god, Mom! Stop <laughs> having a panic attack! What are you doing? We're just being sent to Australia, you dum-dum! I want to go and drink VB. Was that around in the 30s? Probably. I'm Actually, probably. Probably. There's probably some foul beer over there. <laughs> Uh, it would be less watered down, actually, so I think I prefer it. Oh, I mean, probably be. Oh, yeah. So then the mum comes back, and that was that whole thing. Yep. It's a fun scene. They just, like, talk about Australia a bunch, and I was like, oh, is this film going to Australia? Yeah. I was kind of excited there for a second. And then they didn't. Uh, they come home, uh, they hang around for a bit, and then the sirens go off, and they're like, oh, better get to the shelters. Better get going. But then... But... But... Well, what's the problem, Sajo? What's stopping this family from saving their lives and heading to the shelter that their dad spent, you know, maybe weeks constructing so that they would be safe during the bombings? What would stop them from doing that? Well, the mum opens the back door and goes, Oh, it's a bit chilly out. So they just hide (laughs) under the stairs. Not a smart move. (laughs) Which was very funny. Which was very funny. I think at this point as well, it's jumped forward about a year. I think it's 1940 now. Like, they say that Churchill is is Prime Minister, and he wasn't Prime Minister until 1940. And it starts at the start of the war. So I think they jump forward a little bit, which would make sense 
as to why they're very like, oh, it's another air raid. Well, I guess we'll just go under the stairs this time. Yeah. I'm not sure, because then they do have Christmas afterwards, where the dad comes back. That's 1940s Christmas, so that's going into... Is it another year 41. after? Yeah. Well, there, there you go. That's when I thought it had skipped a year. Right, okay. But I guess it had skipped two years at that point. Yeah, it never flashes up on screen what year it is. And and as a moviegoer, I can't tell what year it place or anything without it flashing on the screen and telling me and then having a narrator explain the plot to me i I liked how they're hiding under the stairs and i think it's the older sister she's like oh please don't drop the bomb on us no please drop it on mrs evans she's a cow (laughs) (laughs) i was like "Wow, wow but that is that is what a teenage girl would say yeah it can be vicious just poor mrs evans yeah, poor Mrs. Evans. Poor Mrs. Evans. She might be a cow, but she doesn't deserve to be... No, no cow deserves to be bombed, I feel. <laughs> no. Uh, this is the moment as well where the sister is like, I'm not staying under these stairs, I'm going outside. And she goes outside dancing. Yeah. <laughs> dancing when it's bombing. And she's like, oh, yay, it's fine, it's whatever. And it's it's, it's a very weird delivered line. Yeah. Oh, actually, actually, I think this is set in 39, and then it jumps forward after this, because this, Mm. I think, is the first bombing, because it's the first time that Billy finds a piece of shrapnel. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, that's what I thought, it starts the whole thing, because they're not used to the bombings yet, they're like, oh, we won't go to the shelter, it's too cold outside, you know. Whereas now, whereas later on in the film, they're like, all right, we hear the sirens, we go, we go now, go to the shelter, you know, they're, they're more serious about it, but they're not used to it yet. Mm-hmm. And he starts finding shrapnel, and then it gets, he starts that curiosity about all the war things. Exactly. In the morning, he's walking through, I think one of the houses on the street was not destroyed, but it caught fire. So it's quite, yep. it's quite burnt. It, it's pretty much collapsed at this point. And in the ruins of the house, we see some naughty teens doing some naughty, naughty things. Yep. <laughs> There's people banging in the wreckage. And Billy's like, huh, just walks on. Probably <laughs> just no interest. G- they're probably German spies. <laughs> yeah. Their school is incredibly formal. Particularly in wartime as well, because the kids yeah. have to be ready to run at the at the flick of a finger, the, the click of a, the at flick of a finger. Of What's a, that? The click. It's a the, click. The, the, the flick of an air siren. Sorry, and, and we see them like holding out their hands, and the teachers slapping their wrists with like a ruler. They, we see them doing like the national anthem. I think at one point. Yep. God save the queen. Yep. Can I just say as well, just a hot take, all national anthems, so boring. Just make better songs. Anyway, keep going. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) They're all really bad songs. What do you mean? I like, not that I can remember, but I like Australia's anthem, you know. I like God Save the Queen. Oh, look, it sounds all right. It's just when Mm. people are forced to sing it, I'm like, ugh. Although you do sometimes get Fergie singing the American national anthem, and that is very funny. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't force people to do it, but you have that bit where it's like, oh, I know this part of the national anthem. So you're standing there and then you sing that bit and then you let it go, you know, and then the rest of the anthem continues. I think that's a great time. That's a great time. I will say, though, 
They could be improved. They could be improved. Like remixes. Ooh. And... and, and and putting in the national anthem in your in your beats, mm-hmm. absolutely, I fully support that. I feel like they could be incorporated more. Get Skrillex to remix the national anthem. That's not no no not Skrillex. Anyone else but him. Aww. Sorry, I'm done with you, Skrillex. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, sorry, my love for Skrillex died about five years ago. I almost met Skrillex once. Oh, really? I was at a music festival. And he just walked past me, and I was like, oh, it's Skrillex, but I didn't actually say anything. Oh, hey, well, you saw him, though. That's more than I've seen of Skrillex. Yeah. Look. You don't even know what he looks like. Oh, I do know what he looks like. He has those uh, the long hair, right? Long black hair? Yeah. At least he used to. I don't know if he still does. Yeah. If, if, if he cut his hair, I wouldn't recognize him, <laughs> that's for sure. It's true, it's true. Um, but yeah, no, I love this music, babe. They listen to it now, I'll be like, nah, it's still this great. is a little cringe. It's still great. Did I tell you about that time? I think Mel was there. We were in Sydney. We were just blasting Skrillex for like an hour. Yeah, good on. Yeah, yeah, let's blast some Skrillex. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Anyway. God save the queen. I don't know if Skrillex would do God save the queen. I think God save the queen would be done by the band that do Wonderwall. I think they should do That's true. That's true. True. But I'm just saying, God Save the Queen, I think, is the standard for anthems. There's definitely better, and there's definitely worse. But I say, I think God Save the Queen is like the bog standard for it. Anyway, we see we see the strict principle. He's strict. We see them go into a bunker as the air sirens go off, yep. put on all their masks. And while they're doing that... Um, the principal's like, all right, now do let's do our eights times tables. Eights times one is eight. Eights times two is 16. And all the kids with their, their masks, all you hear is... That was funny. That was very good. Yeah. What wasn't funny was how all the kids were then farting. Yeah, what was the farting noise I don't then? know. That was a pretty bad fart effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. I was gonna, br- and that was what I was gonna bring up next. It was like, why did they have? Was a kid making that as a joke? That's what I was thinking. Was it was a kid making the noise in the gas mask? But then we moved further down, like it kind of panned yeah. down, and the noise was still going. And I wasn't sure yeah. who was doing it. It was bad. I I would have liked it better if it, they had like a kid making farting noises because yeah. they're wearing gas masks. Because that makes sense, you know. That's pretty funny. Instead of just a whole bunch of serial farters in this shelter. Yeah, yeah I, I have no idea what that was. That was, yeah, that was a bit of a... That was weird. What? So uh, he's walking down the street in the morning, goes inside that wreckage of a house, or it might be another house. I, th- I think it's the mm. same house from the very start. He walks in there, and there's a whole bunch of young lads, young strapping boys, all about nine to ten years old. Young British boys. And they capture him as a prisoner of war. Yes, quite. And they bring him... Tie- tying his his uh, face up with a cloth to make sure he can't see, mm. they bring him back to the war base, which just happens to be another ruin. <laughs> but this one they filled with loads of shrapnel, including explosives. 
Yes, and live ammunition, which they threatened to set off. Literally kill the boy with. Yes. Like, that would have killed him, probably. And they're like, you're a German spy, tell us all you know about the other German spies. And he's like, oh, I'm not a German spy, no, I'm just a little British boy. Although I do know that the Germans are dropping men down, as well as bombs. There's Germans among us. And they're like, what? They're not dropping men. And he's like, oh, they are. Mm-hmm. Because they got to stay undercover. You meet one of them, they'll shoot you. They'll shoot ya. And then one of the kids is like, oh, I wish one of those German soldiers was here because I'll show him what's what's your British way. <laughs> and he goes over to one of the bullets and he hammers on it and the bullet shoots off. <laughs> Just and all the kids are like, oh, I'm, I'm, hit. I'm a German, I'm dead. Blah. That was great. Uh, the gang is is a lot of fun. And they're like, Billy, if you want to join the gang, you've got to say a swear word. <gasps> Which swear word do you know, Billy? And he's like, oh, fuck, I don't know any swear words. Oh, shit, dude. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, oh, I know one. I know one swear word. Yes, which one is it? Ah, oh, it's fuck. Oh, <laughs> and all the kids are like, oh, my. Because you, you see, that word is a special word. It is only reserved for times that are special. Well, here in Australia, it must be fucking special all the fucking time, I'd fucking say. And then the, the film just kind of continues on for a while. There's not too much plot until the very end, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll mention some of the highlights. Yep. Uh, they go to a theatre, and in the theatre, there's a warning. Yep. Um, in the theatre that they're being bombing, so everyone has to go out. And so Billy's like, can't we just stay to see the end? Because they're watching, they're watching a film about bombers and other things, <laughs> yep. and so the sister goes, "It's actually hap- It's really happening outside." And he's like, "It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same." I love that. That was so that good. Was, that was a good line. I like that. That's that that, really clever. That's exactly what a kid would do as well. Oh, and that's also mm. when one of the German pilots from that air raid has to parachute down Ooh, and yeah. lands in someone's garden, and you've got them all kind of crowding. This guy, as he's like, tries to calm himself down. And then this really old policeman walks up. Mm. Who's the poor guy doesn't know what to do. Yeah, no, and this is great. This is a great scene because it's like a, it's a rural town mm. where then no one's ever seen a German before. <laughs> no. Let alone be a part of the war of the bombers. So a fight, uh, an air battle goes up ahead. One of the bo- German bombers goes down. Yep. And this guy parachutes down. So you've got this whole British town just staring like like he's some sort of animal you know because they have like they're they're afraid of him he like makes a sudden move and they all go oh yeah but he 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 just reaches for some cigarettes you know to light a cigarette and then you know this officer comes up and he's like this poor old officer who's probably only the the biggest thing he's arrested someone for probably is like drunk and disorderly yeah you're you're coming with me you're a Prisoner of war. <laughs> it says that. And the German guy's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, the German guy's like, yep, I put my hands up. Yeah, that was a great moment. Yeah. The older sister, she's at a dance night with a bunch of horny Canadian soldiers. Oh. And there's one guy and his name's Bruce and they're infatuated with each other. Oh, yes. And that's that just kind of continues for the rest of the movie. Bruce is pretty cool. He is hitting on, like, a 16-year-old girl, though. Yeah, 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 yep. The problem is the guy who's playing him looks a bit older. He looks like 
more like 20. Actually, no, they were sending 16-year-olds off to war, right? Yeah, but I don't... I think he's older in he, the movie. Yeah, he definitely looks older. And there's this whole thing where the mum, like, finds out about it. She she has, like, a screaming fit, but then they make up. So I think it was very realistic. Yeah. That's all I was going to say. That was realistic. And I think the whole thing as well about, you know, the soldiers are in town, so all the, all the young'uns are uh, going out to meet him and everything. Yeah. And Bruce turns out to be a pretty nice guy later on. And yeah, he seems like a cool guy. Like, later on we see him... When they're, when they're all eating jam, the jam scene was pretty great. I love the jam scene. So the dad returns home, and he brings home a tin of jam. But it's not just any jam. It's German jam. Oh no, it's the German <laughs> jam. And they're all afraid of this tin of jam, because they're like, oh, what if they poisoned the jam? <laughs> and like he goes to open it, and they all back off to the other side of the room. And then he just starts eating the jam, and they're all like, this is silly. And then they all eat the jam and they're happy. And then the boyfriend comes over and he's like, hello, sir. And they shake hands. And then he tries the jam, but he's like, oh, no, the poison was at the bottom. <laughs> and he collapses. And then he collapses. And it's, it's funny. It's funny because like stuff like that, people being paranoid of stuff from other countries when it's just regular food. Yeah, it's just Like jam. that still happens. It's very, it, yeah, it was a, it was a great moment. I enjoyed that. Another fun moment with Bruce is when I think he's he's making out with the sister at some point and and the gang of boys finds him mm. and just throw bricks at him. So what happens is they're making out and then Billy sees his sister. Yeah. And so he calls the alarm. <laughs> he says, fuck! <laughs> Which is great. And all the kids come running because it's, it's a special, it's a special word. So all the kids come running. Which is incredible. It's because, it, yeah, it's the special word. It means something important's happening. But also, they are fucking, right? Or they're trying to. Yeah, I guess. So it's the fuck alarm for the fuck. It is. You're not wrong there. Yeah, it's very silly. And they all throw they all throw bricks at Bruce and he runs off. And one of the kids is like, that'll teach him trying to come over here and take our women. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this nine-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah, it's very silly. <laughs> it's good, it's good. What about Pauline? What about Pauline? What about Pauline? And Pauline's mum. Rest in peace, Pauline's mum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rip. We see uh, this slightly older than Bill, I think. Yeah, like 13. Something like that, yeah. 14. And she's um, she's standing outside of her house, which was, uh, which was bombed, and her mother died in the attack. And instead of all of the kids, I don't know, trying to make her feel better, they're running up and being like, Did your mum really die? And she's like, Yes, my mum's dead. And they're like, Oh, it's so cool. And they're running around telling all their friends. Yeah, no. Which which would happen. Yeah, look, it it, it it's uh, it's funny because it's true. I didn't love though how that she then goes to the gang's hideout and um lets them have a peek for some jewels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that was also, you know, that's what kids would do. Yeah, it's probably what would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, it's like an awkward scene. I think Billy, he he doesn't get a look because he's too scared. Yes. You know, and then they're like, oh, you're too scared. But yes, rest in peace, Pauline's mum, but also rest in peace, the younger sister's innocence as bruce stays the night mm, yeah well it doesn't sound like she was too innocent to be honest <laughs> they're peeking they're having a look through the keyhole and <laughs> do you have the quote 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they they look inside, but they back off, and they're like, oh, they look pretty bad at it. They're probably not very good because they were moving around. Mummy stays still, and Daddy moves on top of her. That's how they do it when they know how. <laughs> 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 uh, it's funny. I believe we are introduced to the drunk grandfather around this time as well, just after Christmas, I think. I think it is at Christmas, right? Or at, like, New Year's or something. Some party... The grandfather comes over and he's very drunk and he's just talking, making everyone upset. That's grandpa. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so I, I like how he, he, he apparently does this every year is when he gets drunk, he likes to talk about all the women he's banged throughout his life. Yep. Like, <laughs> and he talked about them so much that Billy is like memorized most of their names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Grandpa forgets one of the names, and he's like, no, I forgot the name. And then Billy's like, oh, it was, it was uh, Sandra or whatever it was. And he's like, oh, it was Sandra. Yes, my boy, <laughs> you're right. This boy will go far. What a genius. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. That was quite funny. Yeah, it was funny, but like... Damn it, why why does why do they let him do this? What a boomer. Actually no, he's pre-boomer. Yeah, he's 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 a bomber, I'd say. As soon as the grandfather was on the scene, I was like, Oh, I hope we get more of this guy. Yeah, yeah, which is good because he does come out a lot and he's great. Cause yeah, they have this sort of Christmas party, the boyfriend leaves, he goes off to war mm-hmm. and he like tries to propose to the girl, but she's like, no, you can't propose to me and then go off to war. What do you expect me to do? Watch this ring the whole time? Well, you're off there in France with all the French ladies. So they uh, they fight a bit and then he, he goes off and she gets upset because she fought with him before he left. It's, it's a disaster. The house burns down. <laughs> yeah, the house just burns down one day. And it's not even bombed. It was just burnt. Oh, it wasn't a bomb, just a fire. It happens in wartime as well, you know. Mm. Which was good. It was like, yeah, regular things like house fires would keep happening, even during wartime. So now that their house is completely burnt, the mum is like, well, I guess we're packing up. We've got to move. We'll go move in with Grandpa. And Grandpa's place is amazing. I was like, whoa, what a change of scenery. They live on the river. They have this, like two-story house on a hill mm-hmm. next to this river they like regularly go on the river and there's all these old people it's like this old people place it's a paradise you know it's good it looks brilliant there's no houses nearby they've got all this open land yep. there's one electricity pole and grandpa hates it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's great and then they they all they all come in i like how as they arrive they're like waving to the grandpa and the girl's like, oh, by the way, mom, I'm pregnant. There you go. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, mom's like, oh, what? What? You're telling me this now? And then the grandpa comes up and it's like, oh, don't worry about it, dear. That house was terrible anyway. <laughs> it was a death trap. <laughs> and so they have this mixed match conversation where the daughter and the mum are like talking about the child. The grandpa asks, how long will you be staying? And the girl mm. says, He's three months, and he's like, three months? <laughs> well, they are. They're staying for the summer, I think. So it is, yeah, technically three months. There's some great scenes here with the grandpa. I liked how they are at the table for breakfast, and grandpa spots a rat. And he's like, hand me my gun. And um, the mum's sister 
grabs the rifle, gives it to Grandpa, who then shoots at a rat from the head of the dinner table. <laughs> and everyone's going to block their ears. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's just shooting at this rat. It's great. yeah. Grandpa's like, oh, I'm going to get this rat. I'm going to shoot him. Everybody stay still. Don't scare him off. Uh, he misses the rat, and then Billy's like, oh, I think you wounded him, though. <laughs> Saw him limping as he ran off. Yeah. And everyone at the table just cracks up. Yeah, yeah. And the grandpa's like, ah, stuff you all. Ha, 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 ha. Yes, very funny. That's good. That's good. He teaches Billy how to uh, paddle with an oar on the river in the boat. But Billy's not too strong, and he gets stuck. The oar gets stuck, and he's gotta he's gotta hang on to it mm. uh, as they as they come and save him. That was a, a good moment as well. It was very funny because the grandpa's like, "Oh, don't hold on to it. What are you doing, <laughs> you silly boy?" And he's like, "Ah!" So they paddle over to him, and it's like, "That's why that's why you never sacrifice the man for the pole. You understand, or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's good." And I liked as well, speaking of the river, Billy and his younger sister, we haven't seen her too much in the movie, but we see her Mm. in this moment. They go out fishing. Yes. And they're not catching anything. They're not catching anything. And the grandpa's like, what are you doing? You're not catching any fish. We're going to starve to death if you do not get us some fish. Mm -hmm. Get out there and don't come back until you find some fish. And they're like, oh, man, Grandpa's scary. <laughs> you scary Grandpa. Oh, I don't want to go back unless we find some fish. So they go to a waterfall where they've got some traps. Yep. And they're checking the traps. They're empty. But, oh, up in the sky, it is a rogue <laughs> German bomber. And as it flies by, it shoots down a bomb. And they're like, oh. But the bomb lands in the lake. In the lake. And explodes in the lake. And then the fish start rising up from the lake. And they're like, ah, fish! They killed all the fish. Thank you, German bomber. (laughs) They grab grab like a hundred fish. Yeah. And so then they come back home with this like boat full of fish. And the grandpa's like, what? What's going on? I get that I was insistent, but this is ridiculous. That was a very good scene. I don't know if that's based off something that actually happened. I wish that's based off something that actually happened. I feel like that would be hilarious. Because, yeah, everyone's like, oh, my God, you caught so many fish. No one's worried about about the fact that they were almost bombed. Yeah, well, they don't know yet. They don't know yet. Because that's the thing. They don't know how they got the uh, fish. We get a cricket match between Billy and Grandpa, which was a lot of fun. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. That was quite fun. I like, I like how, so the woman come and the Grandpa's like, oh... Women are great. I love them, but never try to understand them. <laughs> Such a boomer. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, he's a big old boomer. And then, like, Billy's like, oh, you said we were going to play some cricket. And he's like, oh, yes, I did. Mm. Let's do that. Then. And Grandpa is winning until Billy whips out the googly. Yeah. And Grandpa's like, you googlied. You did a googly. Oh. You're a dark horse throwing a googly at your age. <laughs> I like how you said he's a dark horse. That's great. Dark horse throwing a googly. You're a dark horse throwing a googly at your age. That's good. That's very good. Uh, Bruce is back. Yeah. Bruce has gone AWOL because he heard about the baby. And so he's, um, he's come back here to Britain. Yeah, uh, to see, to see the baby. But the missus is having none of it. She's like, hmm, you didn't write to me. Biddy, keep the boat moving. Move him away. 
And so, so then Bruce, the the lad he is, the absolute mad lad, jumps into the river. Yeah, what a mad lad. Uh, that's what I would say he is, an absolute mad lad. He is indeed. Uh, swims over to the boat, as he should. Mm-hmm. And he pops up and she's like, no, I hate you. Grabs a paddle and whacks him. So he goes under the water. He goes under the water. He goes to the other side of the boat, but uh, the older sister does not see that he's swum under the boat. She yeah. thinks that she's bonked him on the head, sent him under the water, and drowned him. So she's very upset at this point. She's like, no, what have I done? Uh, Does Billy see the guy? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That makes it so much better, where he's like, wow, no one would have survived that long underwater. (laughs) He's looking at Bruce, giving him, like, a wink, like, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh. (laughs) And And then Bruce dies back under the boat. And he pops out the other side, hey. and they're like, "Yay, you're alive! Oh my goodness!" They get married. Oh, it's a nice little wedding that ends with him getting taken away by the military police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have this lovely, cute wedding, and then he gets taken away by the military yep. to be executed for his crime. Yeah. Th- this is the Canadian army, so I don't think the Canadian army are quite as harsh as, say, the American army would be no, towards no. deserters. But, yeah, you're not seeing him for a while. No, he probably he probably got a few years. Yeah. But that's all right. Dad comes back from uh, his job in the army. He can work from home now, apparently. Yeah. He, he um, first, um, they moved him to a typewriter position because he was too old. Yes. It was funny because when he signed up, he wasn't too old. But midway through his uh, service, they were like, oh, hey, you've reached an age. We, we can't have you on the front lines. Now we're just going to move you to a to a news position. So he can do that from home now. And it just so happens yeah. that the mother has bought a cottage by the river. Yeah, because, like, obviously. Hmm. That place is gorgeous. Oh, I was nice. I was thinking when I was watching the movie, oh, I'd love to live there. That, that looks fantastic. It looks great. But to be fair, it was summer. I haven't seen it during winter. You know, who knows? But the lake but would yeah. be frozen over. You go ice skating. Oh, that's true. They do get frozen lakes over there. They do. That'd be fun. So uh, the dad and his brother, they play cricket against Bill and Gramps. And yeah. <laughs> Bill does the googly again against his dad. And the dad's like, yeah, I'm hurt. You use my weapon against me. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> I like I like how the grandpa's like, yeah, you got him. <laughs> Bamboozled. Yes. And the, the, the dad's like, oh, oh, grabs you sly devil. <laughs> that was great. You knew you would win with this way because they tricked him. Mm-hmm. They tricked him, yeah. That's very good. The sister gives birth. Ooh, it's all sticky. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> That's great. And um, it's a boy, which means that uh, he's no longer the only male heir. Yeah, yeah, because he's the only other real boy. Yeah. He'll have a, a younger boy. And he, he as his, his present is to go and steal a fruit from the neighbours and nearly get mauled by a dog. <laughs> That's great. To give it, give it to his sister. Uh, the end of the movie, it mm. starts off with the end of summer. We get the famous Winston Churchill speech about the end of the beginning, which was a classic speech from Churchill. He uh, he has to go back to school, unfortunately, because uh, the school near the, the river hasn't accepted him, so he's got to go and live at the old school 
that he used to go to. Grandpa's going to take him, and Grandpa's quite grumpy. He's like, oh, I hate taking you to school, you little r- rascal, you, r- you rat bag, you're good for nothing. Mm, the school, they fill you full of poppycock. You know, you see these electric wires? I hate technology. I hate it all. Don't you ever grow up to be a filmmaker, young boy, or else I'll die of a heart attack. Yes, I hate films. I hope you never do anything like this. I hate it. Uh, but they show up to the school, and the school's been bombed. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the kids, uh, leaves us with the fantastic line, It was a stray bomb! Thank you, Adolf! (laughs) Well, the kids are celebrating that their poor school has been bombed. Look, no one's been killed, so it's fine. Yeah. And, uh, and they drive back home laughing. (laughs) Yeah, the grandpa finds it hilarious. He does. And that's where the movie ends. Yeah! Uh, which is a bit of an odd place to end it. Yeah, it feels very abrupt. M- maybe nothing really interesting happened in the director's life after this. That could be it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, I feel like they could have had a shot of him hopping out of the car and running home and the dad and the mum being like, Yay, you're back! Yeah. And that that could have ended it, but um, no, it ended there. And that is... Hope and glory. I love this movie. I I thought it was really fun. Yeah, it was good. Some stuff wasn't great. Just a couple scenes with the teenage daughter, I think, was a bit nah. Yeah, it wasn't the best the movie could have been, but it was still really engaging, really fun movie to watch, really lighthearted, you know, but yeah. also showed you what it was like to live back there. You could sort of, you could relate to it all, you know? Yes. It felt very real. Which is the sort of movie that, that you don't usually love. Uh, it depends on the movie. Depends on the context. Like, it, I don't like drama. Mm. And it avoids drama quite well. It has drama, but it's not... It's like real drama. It's not like, yeah. oh my goodness. No, it, it, there's like things, but it, it, it overall, it, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It's pretty low stakes, but I mean, of, of course it is. Like, it wasn't going to be high stakes. It's about... A kid growing up in war. He's not going to war. I mean, there was there was pretty high stakes. There was the whole country at stakes, Hunter. Yeah, but in terms of the general plot, in terms of the characters, like it's yeah, just... no, 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 that was never their concern. It no. wasn't. It was the no. Their concern was, oh, my house burnt down. Mm. Oh, Grandpa's insane, and he won't let us back without some fish, <laughs> which oh. is great because yeah, like life does just go on during mm. giant events like this, and we don't ever really see. Mm. The regular people. Yeah, this this wasn't about the big picture. This was about the small picture. Yeah. And that was really good in that aspect. Which was really fun. So yeah, uh, solid goodie from me. I'd I'd highly recommend this. Yeah. The slight flaws and all. Give this one a watch, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a big four out of four out of five. Yeah, oh, 100%. Well, I can hear the rain starting to get in, so it sounds like we need to wrap up this podcast. We need to wrap on up. Does that mean it's time for some rap and reviews? It's time for some raving reviews. It's a part of the show where we get reviews from the most British place possible. (laughs) Uh, The internet. Do you know why the internet is the most British place possible? Because it's very racist? (laughs) No, but that's that's an effect of it being British. Yeah. No, it's because it's everywhere, just like the colonies. Just like the British Empire. Sure. <laughs> it's about a show where I go to uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I get some reviews from there. Sandra has to guess the score. Let's yep. let's go. Let us just tally ho onward into the breach. Yes, I'm done. Who we have? Uh, Joseph, 
who says... Espeante Gloria, 1987. Were people in London really this stupid in 1939? Seems unlikely. Unlike I I don't know. People could be pretty stupid, Catherine. Yeah, Catherine, this seems pretty realistic. I don't know what your problem was, Catherine. Is that spelt with a C or a K? With a K. Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> it's probably like a one. It's a one! Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a one! There you go. Ah, well, we have Will who says... One of the most highly acclaimed atrocities I've ever seen. I bloody hated every <sighs> second of it. Wow. These people. Look, it's not for everyone, so it's fair enough. Uh, but, you know, still disappointed. I'm going to say that mm. is a ooh, one of the worst atrocities I've ever seen. I'll stick with one. You think it's one again? 1.5. Ah, it was one! Ah. You fool! You fool! You, <laughs> you googlied me? Yes. With a review! <laughs> you, you dark horse! <laughs> you dark horse! Doing a googly in this game? Well, you might, you might understand Eugene's view on this movie. Eugene says, Can a war be child's play? The movie suggests yes! I think it captures a child's perspective of war perfectly. What do you mean, can a war be child's play, Eugene? I was not on board for that start. <laughs> <laughs> can a war be child's can play? This sounds like a tagline. Yeah. This sounds like a tagline for a movie. Can war be child's play? This movie suggests yes. Now in cinemas, hope and glory will have you asking, can war be child's play? Yeah, yeah. Out now, rated PG. Thanks, Batman. Thanks, Batman. All right, what do you, what do you think Eugene rated this? I'm going to go for a fat four out of five. Well, I'm going to go with a fat you're wrong. It's five out of five. <laughs> Ugh. And finally, Mark says, a very well-acted film about a country that takes no bullshit. A true British guts and glory film. Oh, no. <laughs> One to watch. One to... Oh, that, that, that's very funny. I like that. Yeah. Uh... 4.5 for this one. Oh, you were right about the point five, but not about the first so three point five. Three point five. There we go. There we go. Three well, point anyway, five. I got one right. <laughs> yeah, you got Catherine right, and you almost got Will right. Almost. But I, I spun a googly on you. You expected it different, but I went the same. Yes. <laughs> very funny. Well, that is the episode right there. Uh, very quickly, there is a sequel to the movie. Uh, came out in 2014 with John Borman returning to write, direct, and produce it. It's called Queen and Country. <laughs> that sounds good. Because it came out in 2014, all the cast were too old to come back aside from the dad. So the dad's the only one who comes back because everyone else was just too old. Oh. Um, because it's Bill in his 18th year of life, and it's his experience during the Korean War. Ah, oh, yes. I see. Where I think he had to be drafted or something. Is it highly rated? 
Uh, yes, it's like 75%. Wow, okay, that's that's not bad. It's less of a comedy, more of a war drama, but I still might check it out. Okay, wow, that actually sounds pretty decent. As a, like, a sequel sort of thing, that sounds good. I wouldn't check it out if it was by a different director, but because it's him, it's still his life. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that is the episode. Thank you for listening, as always. If you like the show, how can the wonderful listeners help us out, Zach, if they want to? Well, you can visit our Patreon, you can donate some money, get two extra free podcasts per month, along with helping the show out. You can hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. You can. Uh, not that we ever post there. Oh, you can... I, th- I uploaded five episodes last night, so I'm slowly whoa, catching up. Whoa, whoa, It's a fluke. Dave, don't listen to him he's, he's trying to trick you into to watching it on youtube and you can check us out on your podcasting device leave a review rate five stars rate zero stars we look be honest yeah it's engagement if you really if you really like the episode we appreciate it it really helps us out if you hated when i insulted you and your country you can rate it zero stars let us know not to do that again uh, check us out on all your podcasting apps. Recommend it to a friend or family. That's really how you can how you are. be like. Hey, friend, do you like war? And your friend will be like, No, but I like kids. And you'd be like, That's concerning. But check out this podcast. Why did you? Yeah, why did you bring that up? That wasn't even <laughs> any part of the question I asked. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to talk. To, I'm gonna have to talk with you and your parents. This is, this is, this is I concerning. Don't like this. And then your friend is like, "Well, I am ten years old, so." And you're like, "Oh, that ah, makes sense. That's really you know, that's that makes fine. sense now because you're also a child. You're also a child. Do you know what a child would enjoy? Listening to two white boys swear on a podcast. I used to when I was young. I loved listening to 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 a couple lads on a potty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Um, true British boy. Listening to the radio, except by radio I mean podcast. Uh, podcast. Now, before the rain gets too heavy, mm. you have got to make a choice. Oh, yes, I can feel the wind, the storm. It's taking me, Sandra. Quick. I will speed through your choices of what came out next week in 1987. You've got a bunch of them. Your first choice is called The Glass Menagerie, which is a drama where John Malkovich is like, my family life was a mixed bag and he thinks back and it's a bunch of flashbacks towards him growing up we just did a biopic no you've got no man's land where charlie Ooh. sheen is he he's a car thief but he's got to he's got to become friends with a cop and then he's like hey cop come do some illegal things with me and they go off and they do illegal things but it's a cop next <laughs> you've got night flyers Night Flyers? What's Night Flyers? It's uh, based off the uh, sci-fi novel by George R.R. Martin, the author of A Game of Thrones. It's about a bunch of scientists. They're on a space voyage to find some aliens, but their ship's computer might be a little bit evil. No one's ever done a movie like that before! (laughs) I know! Uh, That film's only available on VHS. You've got Prince of Darkness! Which is a John Carpenter horror film. You know, he did Halloween and the Thing. It's about a priest who somehow finds Satan's spirit in the basement of his church. (laughs) Oh no! What's he gonna do? Ooh, this is the Halloween season. You've got... You've got scared stiff. (laughs) 
Oh boy. Great title. We can make a lot of jokes about that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, strange visions come to haunt a singer when she, her son, and her psychiatrist boyfriend move into an old colonial house that's haunted by the ghost of a ruthless slave owner. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a what a <laughs> sentence that was. <laughs> that 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 sentence was a movie unto itself with the twist and turns. Oh boy, oh boy. You've got the Sicilian which is not a spin-off of The Princess Bride. It's actually Damn. the life of a, a bandit called Salvador Guilino. Sure. I, I probably completely butchered his last name. And finally, your final choice is called Suspect, which is just a pretty regular legal thriller with uh, pop star Cher and also Dennis Quaid from Inner Space. Ooh, okay. Bunch of options there. Um, we've already done a biopic, so we get rid of the first one. Yes, yes. And we've already done a horror one. This is the horror season. We've done a lot of horror recently. We though. haven't done a... What was the last... Oh, yeah, Hellraiser. That was like a month ago. We did Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, yeah, and Near Dark was technically a horror as well. We have done a lot of horror. Yeah, Near, near Dark... I guess Near Dark was less of a horror. It was mm. more of a... I don't know, maybe a, a Western. No, Aha. Western... I don't know why we keep doing wizard voices. I've, I'm sure it's very annoying. It is very. It's awful. Right, so you're not going to pick a John Carpenter horror. All right, all right. Well, I'm, I'm torn. I'm kind of like, I actually kind of want to do the sci-fi one. I do like me some sci-fi because we've got the Darkflies there. I'm sure this can't go wrong. Look, it's based off the guy that wrote Game of Thrones. Well, he he started writing Game of Thrones. When's mm. he going to bloody finish, mate? I tell you oh, what. Oh, that's <laughs> the thing that everybody keeps pestering about. Next week, Night Flyers. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? They said, knowing full well it was going to go wrong. Uh, we'll wrap it up with the best quote from Hope and Glory and then move on to Night Flyers for next week. What have you got? Oh, I don't know. There's some good ones to pick. I, I want to know what your one is. Uh, well, mine is when they are hiding under the stairs. The teenage sister is like, oh, please don't drop the bombs on us. No, please don't drop it on us, German soldiers. No, no, please drop it on Miss Evans. She's a cow. All right, then I'll go with Mummy stays still and Daddy moves on top of her. That's how they do it when they know how. <laughs> Oh, it's all sticky. Uh, this is the end of the, 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 the... This is not the beginning of the end. This is actually the, the the end of the beginning. And some might also say it's the beginning of the beginning of the, the war. I'm Winston Churchill, and uh, I'm in a pretty good episode of Doctor Who. Uh, I did some <laughs> good things, and uh, I'm very British. Wow, mummy! The speech this year was fantastic! He talked about Doctor Who and everything! That's the most British thing possible! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.